Liftoff and the clock has started. This is 20 minutes you'll never get back. <laughs> Thank you, Jess. She sounded very specific, didn't she? Yes, 20 minutes, you're never getting those back. Uh, listen to it again. Tell me if I'm wrong. This is 20 minutes you'll never get back. <laughs> you see what I mean? She She's very specific. I am hiring her as my 20 minutes bodyguard. <laughs> you're not getting those 20 minutes back. I don't care what you say, buddy. <laughs> anyway, oh, man. you can tell the show's going to be like that already, can't you? My name is Doug Prezak. Welcome to 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I don't have a funny story for the intro for today's show. I, I was just sitting there watching TV, mindlessly doing nothing. And a commercial came on for a pizza. And I got to thinking, man, I could go for a pizza. And then I thought, where do pizzas come from? And you, you really know what happened next. Clearly, I had time on my hands, so, you know, I did some research, so you don't have to. Yeah, today's episode is all about pizza. And now that you're listening to this, you're probably thinking to yourself, I could go for a pizza too. (laughs) Sorry. So here's what you do. You order a pizza right now, and uh, in 20 minutes, the doorbell will ring, your pizza will be there, and the show will be over. (laughs) See, you're welcome. I have it all timed out for you. So pizza is pretty much known as the world's favorite fast food. Uh, some 3 billion, that's with a B, pizzas are sold each year in the United States alone. And of that 3 billion pizzas, how many slices per year do you think the average human being consumes? Now, you can be your own personal judge. I have the statistics. I don't agree with it. It says the average person consumes 46 slices of pizza per year. That seems really low to me. But, you know, you, you be your own judge, okay? People have been eating pizza in one form or another for centuries. You know, way back in ancient times, it was pieces of flat bread with some kind of savory toppings on top. And it was just served as a simple tasting meal for those who really couldn't afford big plates or perhaps on the go. These early pizzas appear in Virgil's Aeneid. Now, shortly after arriving in Latium, Aeneas and his crew sat down beneath a tree and laid out, quote, thin wheaten cakes as platters for their meal, end quote. They then scattered them with mushrooms and herbs they had found in the woods and guzzled them down, crust and all, prompting Aeneas's son Ascanius to jump up and exclaim, look, we've eaten our plates. Bless his little heart. But it was back in uh, late 18th century Naples that pizza, as we know it today, came into being. Now, under the Bourbon Kings, Naples had become one of the largest cities in Europe and it was growing very fast. Founded around 600 BC as a Greek settlement, Naples in the 1700s and early 1800s was a thriving waterfront city. Now, this was fueled by overseas trade and a steady influx of peasants from the countryside, and that caused the population to balloon from 200,000 in 1700 to 399,000 in 1748. As the urban economy struggled to keep pace, an even greater number of the city's inhabitants fell into poverty. Now, technically, this was an independent kingdom. It was notorious for its throngs of working poor, or Lazaroni, as they were known. They got that name because their ragged appearance resembled that of Lazarus. Numbering around 50,000, they scraped by on pittances they earned as porters or messengers or casual laborers, Always rushing about in search of work, they needed food that was cheap and easy that could be consumed quickly. And pizza filled that bill. 
Now, these pizzas were not sold in shops like you and I know it, but they're by street vendors carrying huge boxes under their arms, and they would be cut to meet the customer's budget and appetite. Now, none of these pizzas were terribly complicated. They were defined by inexpensive and easy-to-find ingredients with plenty of flavor. The simplest were topped with nothing more than garlic, lard, and salt. Yes, I love me a good lard pizza. (laughs) But others included various cheeses or basil. Some even had tomatoes on top. These were still a curiosity that were looked down upon by contemporary gourmets, but it was their unpopularity and hence their low price that actually made them attractive. Now, for a long time, pizzas were scorned by food writers. Associated with the crushing poverty of the Lazzaroni, they were frequently denigrated as disgusting by P. <laughs> Sorry. For, sorry for the dramatics. They were denigrated as disgusting, especially by foreign visitors. In 1831, Samuel Morris, you know, that uh, telegraph inventor guy, he described pizza as, quote, a species of the most nauseating cake covered over with slices of pomodoro or tomatoes and sprinkled with a little fish and black pepper. And I know not what other ingredients. It altogether looks like a piece of bread that has been taken reeking out of the sewer, end quote. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't much care for your dot, 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 and dash, dash, dash. So there, Samuel. Sorry, he got my pizza defenses all riled up. When the first uh, cookbooks appeared in the late 19th century, they pointedly ignored pizza. Even those dedicated to Neapolitan cuisine, they disdained to even mention it, despite the fact that the gradual improvement in the Lazzaroni status had prompted the appearance of the first pizza restaurants. All that changed after unification. While on a visit to Naples in 1889, King Umberto I and Queen Margarita grew tired of the complicated French dishes they were served for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They asked for an assortment of pizzas from the city's Pizzeria Brandi. The variety the queen enjoyed the most was called pizza mozzarella. This pie was topped with soft white cheese, red tomatoes, and green basil. It's been said that it was actually no coincidence that her favorite pie featured the colors of the Italian flag. From then on, that particular pizza topping combination has been dubbed the pizza margarita. You know, the first time I ordered a pizza margarita, I was tragically disappointed because what I got was nothing that I was expecting. And I, I think you probably know what I'm talking about. All right, back to Queen Margarita and her, uh, her margarita pizza. Well, this signaled an important shift. Margarita's seal of approval not only elevated pizza from being the food fit only for the Lazzaroni to something royal family could enjoy but also transformed pizza from a local into a truly national dish. It introduced the notion that pizza was genuinely Italian food akin to pasta and polenta. But pizza would remain little known in Italy beyond Naples' borders until the 1940s. Now, the initial spur was provided by migration. From the 1930s onwards, a growing number of Neapolitans moved northwards in search of work, taking their cuisine with them. This trend was accelerated by the war. When Allied soldiers invaded Italy in 1943 and 1944, they were so taken with pizza they encountered in Campania that they asked for it wherever else they went. 
but it was tourism facilitated by the declining cost of travel in the post-war period that really consolidated pizza's position as a truly Italian dish. As tourists became increasingly curious about Italian food, restaurants throughout the peninsula started offering more regional specialties, including pizza. Now, pizza quickly spread throughout Italy. As it did so, new ingredients were introduced in response to local tastes and higher prices the customers were now willing to pay. But it was in America that pizza found its second home. By the end of the 19th century, Italian immigrants had already reached the East Coast. One of the first documented United States pizzerias was G. Lombardi's on Spring Street in Manhattan, which opened in 1905. While pizza was well on its way to becoming an American institution, as Italian-Americans and their food migrated from city to suburb and from east to west, especially after World War II, pizza's popularity in the United States boomed. Shortly after the U.S. entered the Second World War, a Texan named Ike Sewell attempted to attract new customers to his newly opened Chicago pizzeria by offering a much heartier version of the dish, complete with a deeper, thicker crust and richer, more abundant toppings, usually with cheese at the bottom and a mountain of chunky tomato sauce heaped on top of it. Ugh, you know, I am just not a deep dish pizza fan. Sorry, Chicago. Anyway, about the same time, the Rocky Mountain Pie was developed in Colorado, of all places. Although not as deep as its Chicago relative, it had a much wider crust, which was meant to be eaten with honey as a dessert. Just a side story here. Uh, a little while back, my executive producer and I, you know, my wife, we went to dinner with our family and they, we went to a, a, a pizza place that was favored of theirs. And on the table, they brought over a bottle of honey. Well, what on earth is this for? And they said, you put it on your pizza crust at the end, you know, the pizza bones, the edge there. It's really good. Oh, yeah, right. I tried it. I will admit it right now. It was really good. So you all should try it. <laughs> put some honey on your pizza bones there at the end. It's really good. All right, let's get back to it. From the 1950s onwards, the rapid pace of economic and technological change in the United States had transformed pizza even more radically. Two changes are worthy of note. The first was the domestication of pizza. As disposable incomes grew, refrigerators and freezers became increasingly common and demand for convenient foods grew, prompting the development of the frozen pizza. Designed to be taken home and cooked at will, poor Will, <laughs> old joke, sorry. This required changes to be made to the recipe. Instead of being scattered with generous slices of tomato, the base was now smothered with a smooth tomato paste, which served to prevent the dough from drying out during oven cooking. And new cheeses had to be developed to withstand freezing. The second change was the commercialization of pizza. With the growing availability of cars and motorcycles, it became possible to deliver freshly cooked pizza to customers' doors, and pizza was among the first dishes to be served up. In 1960, Tom and James Monahan founded Dominic's in Michigan. After a winning reputation for speedy delivery, they renamed their company Domino's and took it nationwide. Well, today's pizzas are a far cry from those of the Lazzaroni, uh, many pizza purists, especially in Naples, 
you know, they don't much care for all the outlandish toppings that are now available. And when we come back after a very, very short break, we're going to talk about those toppings and go over each state and what their favorite pizza is. So don't go away. Oh, Ipana Toothpaste with his mascot, Bucky Beaver. Anybody out there old enough to remember Bucky Beaver and his two big front teeth that he brushed? Or is it just me? All right, let's get back to some pizza. All right, before we get into the pizza by state, let me be upfront about this information came from the State of the Pizza Report by Zipier. Don't blame me if you don't like the results, okay? All right, let's start with this question. What is the most popular pizza by state and what is the most frequently ordered pizza? Well, it's the incredibly boring cheese pizza. 29 states order cheese as their most often pizza. I say, why? Yes, I have injected my own personal opinion, but uh, since it's you know my podcast, I can do that. Why only cheese? Nothing else? That's like standing at the counter and saying, I'd like a pizza. And then the pizza person will look at you and ready to write down your next order and you just stare back. <laughs> you know, put something else on there. But 29 states. And you're probably thinking that the next most popular pizza is pepperoni. Nope, it's barbecue chicken. It's kind of shocking how few states prioritized pepperoni. Only two states favored pepperoni. So I ask, why is it every single pizza commercial you see on TV is a pepperoni pizza? Uh, who did the pepperoni producers pay off to land all those ads? I, I don't get that one. Some states were on the uh, pizza islands all by themselves. Delaware, you know, is home to the buffalo chicken. They dig their buffalo chicken pizza. Alaskans, hello all my friends in Anchorage, they tend to ditch the tomato sauce and go for a white pizza. And I can only assume it's Alfredo or or ranch uh, sauce on there. Mainers, they crave grilled chicken white pizza. And for some reason, Iowa gets down with taco pizza. That actually sounds kind of good. And of course, Hawaii digs the Hawaiian pizza. Nope, the Hawaiian pizza is the lowest rated pizza in Hawaii. In terms of ordering pizza on a per capita basis, the state that comes in number one is Connecticut. And Hawaii ranks number 50. And the Northeast holds seven of the top spots of states that order pizzas. Okay, it's time to pay attention now. Listen for your state. These are the top pizzas ordered by each state, okay? The number one pizza, as I already said, is cheese, and that's 29 states. Here they are, Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Connecticut, Florida, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Maryland, Kansas, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Missouri, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Vermont, Washington, and Wisconsin. They love their cheese pizza. All right, the second most popular pizza we said was barbecue chicken. Here are the states for that one. My home state, California, Colorado, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, Utah, and Virginia. Number three is the Hawaiian pizza. Hawaii is not on this list. It's Georgia, 
New Mexico, and North Dakota. The meat lover's pizza. The most popular states for that type of pizza are Louisiana, West Virginia, and Wyoming. And lastly, pepperoni. Their favorites go to Montana and Oregon. That's it. Just two states love the pepperoni. Now, there are some other ones here. I mentioned Alaska. They love their white pizza, Delaware, Buffalo chicken. Iowa has the taco pizza, Maine, grilled white pizza. South Dakota, a chicken bacon ranch. That sounds really good, too. Hawaii, what is their favorite? It's the Caprese pizza. So there you have it, the list of uh, favorite pizzas by state. But since this podcast is international and I love all my international listeners, hello to everybody out there in France and Germany and Australia and everywhere. I'm going to go over some, not all, sorry, of the favorite pizzas by country. Canada has the pizza cake, which is actually made up of multiple layers of pizza that are baked in a pot or a cake pan with tall sides. (laughs) You know what? I would love to go to Canada and try that one. Uh, France, also called the tarte flambe, which uh, is bacon, onion, and fresh cream atop a thin layer of dough. Italy favors the pizza alla pala, which is uh, characterized by a thick crust, and the toppings can be anything from prosciutto and cherry tomatoes to different kinds of cheeses. Germany, a popular pizza topping is canned tuna mixed with other toppings on its own. Germany, I'm going to need some more definition on exactly what's going on with that canned tuna. Uh, Sweden, they like uh, peanuts, chicken, bananas, and pineapple and curry powder. Uh, That's a favorite topping there. Australia, ham, bacon, and egg pizza is usually eaten for breakfast. And shrimp, pineapple, and barbecue sauce are also popular. The Netherlands, uh, they like shawarma, which is grilled lamb. It's a popular topping along with the double Dutch pizza consisting of double meat, double onion, and double cheese. Japan, they like eel, squid, and mayo jaga, which is a mix of mayonnaise, potato, and bacon. Greece, they like the Hellenic pizza, which is classic Greek flavors of feta cheese, oregano, olives, fresh tomato, and onion, green peppers. Brazil, they like peas, corn, and raisins, and hearts of palm on their pizza. And India, They like pickled ginger, minced mutton, paneer, you know, a form of cottage cheese, and tofu. Another favorite is a tikka chicken pizza. Makes sense. So there you have it. There's my 18 minutes and 42 seconds on pizza. And for those of you who did, in fact, order that pizza when the show started, it should be arriving any second now. Uh, I want you to enjoy that. And if you didn't order a pizza when the show started, I bet you're wishing you had. Uh, All right, so what did we learn today? Well, we learned a few things. First, Ascanius thinks pizza crust is a plate. Again, bless his little heart. Uh, You probably don't want to mess with the Lazzaroni. (laughs) We learned that a margarita pizza doesn't involve salt, lime, or alcohol. And we learned over half the country thinks a cheese pizza is the best. What's wrong with you? All right, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. And I will talk to you next time on 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye.
Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take, take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And all, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye.